Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. All right, it is Lent officially, and throughout the season of Lent, we're looking at what's called the narrative lectionary, where we're going to focus on different uh, narratives out of the Gospels. And so today we're looking at this story of the rich man, and I decided that what we needed today was a reader. And so Eli is going to be our reader. Give it up for Eli. She has the joy of participating in this sermon with me. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start, this is the story of the rich man. We're going to start with verse 17. Go ahead, Eli. Okay, here we go. As he was setting out on a journey. um... Actually, you know what we need? What? We need to go backward to verse 13 because sometimes in order to understand a narrative, part of the Gospels, see, we, we have these Bibles that have like titles and verses, but that wasn't always the case. Those came much, much later. The Gospel writers wrote just in a long flow. And so, Mark was writing this story about the rich man, but I think, and Scott Hosey, a uh, a homiletics professor at Calvin Seminary, pointed this out, and I think it's brilliant. You have to go back, and you have to look at the passage before in order to understand the story of the rich man. So back up to verse 13. And, And let me say this, Eli. Did you know that sometimes, that sometimes my wife will say this to me? She will say, you are such a child. (laughs) It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, I I don't believe that. Okay. For a minute. I know, I know. But you know what I say back to her? What? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And you'll see why as we explore this passage today. So go back to 13, and I'll let you read this all the way through. Okay. Maybe. Here we go. All right. (laughs) People were bringing children to him in order that he might touch them. Okay, hold on, I lied. (laughs) So what we need is we need a child. Do I have a child here? Where's my child? Oh, there it is. Della, come on up. (laughs) Woo-hoo, look at Della, everyone. Woo, what a pretty dress. And your dress matches your stockings. Very nice. So here we have a little child while Eli reads about a little child or little children, okay? Go ahead. Do I go back? Yeah, please. Okay, okay. people were bringing children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. for For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them and blessed them. Oh, isn't that a cool verse? Isn't that cool to think like Jesus just embracing you and saying how much Jesus loves you? And if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, then you have to become like a child. And so you're doing a wonderful job just (laughs) doing that. And Jesus praising you and saying, look, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Now, keep in mind, in Jesus' day, children were seen as disgusting, but I don't see you as disgusting. Um, I just see, and, and there's also some other qualities that children have that I think Jesus really embraced in terms of inheriting the kingdom of God. So go on to Continue. the next passage. Okay. 
As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, stop. So what we need is a young man. It's definitely not you, not you. Uh. <laughs> uh, do we have a young man in here? No, not Kinsley. Yeah, come on up. All right. So here we have a young man. You get to play the part of the young rich man, okay? <laughs> you feel wealthy? Sorta. Sorta? <laughs> okay. Is this solid gold? We're gonna say it is. Yeah. We're gonna say it is, okay, good. <laughs> awesome. Because nothing says Jesus like a solid gold cross. <laughs> yes. So you're here and you've just come up. I am, I, I am playing the role of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So you've just come up and you say, hey, what do I got to do? Hey, what do I got to do? And I'm over here and I'm blessing this child and picture, I mean, so this is why we have to picture this context, this wealthy young man who's achieved success comes up, seems interested in what Jesus is saying, obviously has sought him out and says, as Jesus is blessing the children and saying, the kingdom of God, if you want to inherit it, you got to be like this. And then this young man comes up and goes, hey, Jesus, what do I got to do? And now picture Jesus at this point. He doesn't say this, but I picture him kind of going, uh, didn't I just tell you? Like, check it out. If you want to inherit the kingdom of God, it, it's more like this. It's more like this. And so that sets our context, right? Something totally different than if we just look at the, at the rich man coming up saying, what do I got to do? Jesus is probably in the midst of going, uh, I just showed you, man. Like, okay, you guys can sit down. Well done. Great job. So yeah, so that kind of sets the scene here. We have this guy that has just asked Jesus, what, what do I got to do? Like, what's this all about? What... What do I have to do? And so Jesus goes on. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No okay, one... hold on. Yeah. So why do you call me good? And then he says. <laughs> I lost my spot. <laughs> <laughs> no one is good but God alone. Yeah, so Jesus points out to this guy, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And I think what Jesus is actually saying here is the only one on this planet that's good is God. Are you as good as God? Are you as good as God? I think that's what Jesus is kind of insinuating here. Like, okay, bring it. Are you as good as God? And then he goes on. You know, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He, he said to him. You're like waiting for it, aren't waiting. you? Yeah. <laughs> He said to him, teacher, I have kept all, all these since my youth. Okay, right there, right there, right there. So <laughs> read that loud. What did he just say? I have kept all these since my youth. Youth. So here is again another kid reference. So this guy who's come up to Jesus in the midst of Jesus blessing the children says, oh, wait a minute. You, you say uh, don't murder, don't steal, honor your parents, all this sort of thing. I have done that since I was a kid since I was a kid, and now I'm an adult, and I'm successful, and I have, uh, I'm a self-made 
man, I am no longer a child because I have accomplished things. And, and I picture this guy as kind of like this attitude of check me out. Like I have done the right things. He presents himself almost as like a gem before God saying, check this out, you're welcome. That's what I picture is this, this kind of, this, this guy with this sort of attitude. And um, it's, it's fascinating to think about this guy like presenting himself in this sort of way. And I think we know people like this. I, I, I call them like the one-uppers. Whenever you say anything, they have to, oh, that's nothing. I did this. Like I skied Mad River last week. Oh, that's nothing. I skied Aspen. Um, I worked out for 45 minutes. This, oh, that all? Two hours. I got two hours. You know, people that always have like one more, like they have to show what they're doing and achieving. And so this guy seems to have this, this sense about him like this. And go on to the next verse. Jesus, look, looking at him, loved him and said. Yeah, looked at him and. Said. Lo, no, loved, loved him. him. Yeah, look, try to stay up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus looks at this guy, even though here's what this guy has presented himself as, like, check me out. Jesus, I love this verse, and it should be good news for all of us, because sometimes we're all this guy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> looked at him and loved him. Even though this guy is Mr. Religious School 4.0, grade point average, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Okay, now go on. And said, you lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Yeah, so he goes away sad. It's like, I can't, nope. What you ask is too much. And here, I think, is one of the points of this text is uh, Jesus is basically saying, and he'll go on to say, it is, it is so hard for the rich to uh, come into the kingdom of God. And that should be a little distressing, let's be honest, for almost all of us, because we represent some of the wealthiest people in the world right now. And so to hear this, it... it, it I think what the, where we find the good news in this isn't so much that it's about having money. Jesus isn't saying what's wrong is you have money. What Jesus, I think, seems to be saying here is more about when you're rich, when you have material items, you think that you can purchase it, and you can't. This isn't something that you can achieve. This isn't something that you can purchase. When we talk about the kingdom of God, your wealth does you no good. I mean, here is this guy who has achieved a lot. He's a self-made man. He's risen up the ladder since he was a kid. And the hardest thing when you're at the top is to be told you have to go back to the bottom. And that's basically what Jesus is saying. I know you've achieved a lot, but if you... You want, to, you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, you got to go back to the bottom. Anyone that's on the Memorial Garden team will tell you that this is a challenge for us because they run all the columbarium out here, you know, where we put the remains and niches and niches. And uh, 
You know what, what of those niches are the hardest to sell? The bottom. Because <laughs> we, we've sold almost all of the eye level and up. But when you start going lower, no one wants to buy those because even in death, we want the penthouse suites. It's interesting to think about. It's challenging. And so what Jesus is saying, I know you've risen to the top, but if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, it's got to take on the form of a child. Okay. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? Oh, wait. What did he call them? Children. Are you catching this? So Jesus now turns to his own disciples and in the theme of all the kid talk here says, children, my children, my children. And he basically says it's so hard to, to, in, to achieve the kingdom of God. It's so hard for you to achieve it. So it's really hard when you keep trying. It's really hard when you keep trying. Now, let's think about our children. Think about especially when they're little. Let's picture, Pastor Tony's not here today, but let's picture <laughs> his beautiful children. We have Oliver and Eloise, and uh, beautiful kids, but let's picture them trying to picture a time before they, they, they were a part of Tony and Caitlin's life. They can't do it. All they know is they've, they keep inheriting these, these beautiful love and grace that Tony and Caitlin give to them, and all they do is receive it, and they think, this is awesome. They may not stop and say that, but they receive it, grace upon grace, love upon love. And again, they, they have no concept of the fact that there was once a time when Tony and Caitlin were not mom and dad, they were Tony and Caitlin. And they might have actually enjoyed that time for a while. <laughs> but these kids have no concept of that. They just think, that they are here because of me. Now, here's the great thing about that, and I think this is what Jesus is trying to get at. There's this attitude that comes with that, that you just receive the love and the grace that's given to you. And you don't try to accomplish it. <laughs> you just receive it. There's no worry about, am I, am I achieving anything? Am I, am I successful? They're, little kids like this are just receiving it. They're not trying to uh, accumulate or earn anything. I had to learn this. It's, and, and the hard thing is that when our kids have this sense of understanding, it's often us adults that try to, try to get them into a mode of achievement. We try to take them from that and say, nope. You have to achieve some things here. I, I, let me give you an example. When my oldest son, AJ, was, I think it was about third, third or fourth grade, he played football. I was excited, he hated it. <laughs> um, but keep in mind, he's adopted, so he, uh, he was almost my height about this time, and he was a big boy, stocky, and he was a perfect lineman. And I remember one game in particular, he was the offensive lineman lined up on the side that, for those of you, like Tony would need this explained, that's the side with the ball. <laughs> the defense is the side without the ball. So he was the offensive lineman, 
And there was this kid on the other side who was about half of his size, easily 50 pounds less his weight. And every time the ball was hiked, this little kid would push my son backward all the way to the quarterback, every snap. And so finally, when there was a timeout, I pulled my son aside, I said, what are you doing? This kid's half your size. And I, I don't think I said, take him out. <laughs> but it was probably something close to that, maybe dressed up, like, what are you doing? And he looked, I'll never forget this, he looked back at me and he said, Dad, look at him. He's just tiny. <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's not in the NFL today. <laughs> but do you see that? It's like an example. I think this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. It's like he has no sense of wanting to, to rise up against this guy. He just has the attitude of a child. And I think that's exactly what Jesus is saying. And let's, let's go on. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Excellent. Thank Eli for me. She just <laughs> concluded the reading. Thank you. But I love that last verse, for God, all things are possible. And Jesus compares it to the camel going through the eye of the needle. And there's been lots of talk about what does this actually mean? And, and I've heard scholars try to argue that there's actually a gate in Jerusalem that's called the needle. And, and if you position a camel right and you get everything off of him, maybe you could get, and it, it, it's like if you, why waste your time trying to prove this if you pay any attention at all to Jesus when he uses metaphors, they're always nuts. They're perfectly, they're, they're, he always wants to make them perfectly crazy. That's his point when he, when he references things. He wants to say, listen, if you're trying to earn the kingdom of God, forget it. You can't do it. So quit. Quit trying to earn it. It's inherited. It's inherited, and it's a gift. I think about this in terms of our Lenten devotionals, and I know every year we talk about, okay, some of you wanna give up some things, some of you wanna do some things, and these are all good things, but it, I think sometimes uh, I, I picture God as we like say, okay, God, I'm gonna give up chocolate, or I'm gonna give up this or that, or swearing, or whatever it is, and I think God, looks at us and loves us and says, that's cute. That's really cute that you think you can earn that. So is there another way? Yep. It's called divine grace. 